0: Once more to After the Movie, my name is Erica, across from you as always is Bob. Yo! And uh, we are coming to you from, <laughs> what, what are we calling this? The quarantine zone? Pandemic apocalypse can we call it that? So as most of you probably know, unless you're living under a rock with your fingers in your ears and your eyes shut on Mars, um, there is, uh, it, it's, you know, we won't go into it, because you, you all know, you, you are alive in the world. Shit's really scary right now, so hopefully we can, you know, take your mind off of it for about an hour and uh, just kind of chill out. We're uh, uh, enjoying some Goose Island uh, hazy IPAs. Got a little bit of a mango hint there. Yeah, I can see that. It's all right. I'm not a huge IPA person, but... I think
1: it's a fine beer.
0: It's one of the tastier ones that I've had. I'm not yeah. mad that I've opened it, which yeah. usually happens when I have an IPA.
1: I mean, this is an AB uh, A, InBev beer, so it, it was. it's not going to be crazy. Um, I do appreciate the Chicago Star in the tab.
0: Yeah, I saw that. I appreciate that, um, even though it's not brewed here anymore.
1: Well, they do think they brew stuff here still, but, you know, obviously they Oh,
0: no. Yeah, it says it brewed and packaged at Goose Island Beer Co. in Chicago, Illinois.
1: Yeah, I mean, they do brew a lot in Nork.
0: They're not independently owned anymore. No, that's the thing that sucks. But Such is the world that we live in. So, let's not talk about bullshit uh, uh, recent events. I would say just wash your hands and don't be an idiot. I think those are sound pieces of advice. Yeah. Stay in, folks, and what I would would recommend, if you have any interest in baking, uh, we are big followers of Bon Appetit in this household, basically the only people I listen to anymore. They do a uh, series of uh, baking things. They're, like, halfway through it. Uh, They're doing 10 weeks of baking, and it's uh, under their imprint, of basically. And they've had some very interesting recipes in there. Uh, They've got a brownie recipe I'm about to try. They have uh, some focaccia that we made um
1: no that focaccia was really good it was
0: tasty as shit man and it's all it's all stuff that's under 10 recipes it's all really easy to make i would highly recommend jumping on uh on instagram i think it's on their website check that out and give you something to do while you're sitting at home and bored because obviously you'd rather be out but let's let's be smart about this
1: we can all do this folks it's only a couple of weeks it's only
0: a couple of weeks it'll be okay and if we do that, we can really stem the tide of, of what could be a really bad fucking scene. So, we watched uh, *Knives Out*, which was on our radar. I think it came out late last year, right?
1: Yeah, I believe so. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, we were talking before we got set up here. We don't think we've ever done a mystery uh, or a whodunit on this show, because mm-hmm. um, all we watch are Marvel movies anymore. So uh, we do watch other stuff. We do
1: *John Wick*. <laughs> But but terrible I will say Pacific Rim sequels. I will say I think we ha- we have a tendency we do have a type of film that we typically cover, mm-hmm. um, generally in the action genre, uh, for the most part. Or there was sci-fi. That,
0: I mean, we did uh, Mandy, which I guess is sci-fi kind of right.
1: Which sucked.
0: Yeah, Mandy was that, in our bag. That movie was terrible. <laughs> Mandy was in our bag. Um, we did do Free Solo we do there's random stuff that we'll do that doesn't fall under the big action whatever Um, I I, I think we're going to take this opportunity to bank up some episodes of stuff that isn't that Mm -hmm. you know catch up there's shit on Netflix there's shit on uh, uh, Prime yep not that I want to give Bezos any more money but we just did these are the times we live in so uh, I think um, one uh, and spoilers ahoy the casting of uh, uh, Captain America is fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. Two, Ryan Johnson knows how to make a fucking movie. Yep. Uh, and can we spend at least five minutes talking about how fucking blue Daniel Craig's eyes are?
1: Oh my god! Like, it it was like creepy. <laughs> They're
0: entrancing. <laughs> They're so beautiful. <laughs> it's just like you're, they're they're doing like a big like scene, whatever. So th- this and you just is, get lost in his eyes. This
1: is this has got to be the secret to Daniel Craig because the rest of his face, mm, <laughs> he's a decent looking guy. Uh,
0: but I also find Charlie Day extremely attractive, though. So mine is not what you would call a I, I don't know typical uh, attraction. To people. Fair enough. Though uh, Captain America is pretty hot. but Yeah, he's okay. It's Chris Evans. It's, I mean... You know. I
1: just keep going. I, I, anytime I think Chris Evans, I go back to Not Another Teen Movie.
0: Oh, how far he's come. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that casting was brilliant.
1: You know, It's just a really good overall cast. Um, you know, outside of... Daniel Craig and Chris Evans who are, you know, A listers, even everyone else on the bill are still really great actors. Oh yeah. And um I mean Michael Shannon is just Michael well, Shannon. So you're <laughs> sitting
0: there and you're like, Well, why did they hire Michael Shannon for this role? And then you get to that hallway scene and you're like, That's, That's why, why they hired Michael Shannon for this role. Yeah. Gotcha.
1: Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was great.
0: A joy, as always.
1: Um, Don Johnson. Okay, so I'm, I want to talk about Don Johnson for a minute. Sure. Because the last two things I've seen Don Johnson in, he's a horrible this. white supremacist. Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> and he
1: hits the role so good.
0: Because he looks it, right? Yeah. He's got that look. And unfortunately, hopefully, unfortunately for him, hopefully he's not a Titanic douchebag. But I also kind of appreciated... The way, because uh, this movie, uh, it has uh, uh, you have the um, uh, the house. Well, she's not a housekeeper; she was the nurse uh, mm-hmm. to Christopher Plummer, who is the uh, rich author that has been yep. quote unquote murdered, um, and she is the daughter of a uh, uh, illegal immigrant, um, and she works for this very affluent family whose father did something and really made something for himself and then just gave everything to his shitbag children. Mm-hmm. I appreciated the line in there about, uh, what what was it? What was Jamie Lee Curtis's character's name? Sort of oh. with an L. Was it Lisa?
1: I can't remember. Lisa right. or
0: Laura, something like that. And they were like, oh, well, she built it herself. And it's like, no, her dad gave her a million dollar. And that, that was pretty late
1: it. into the movie. It was,
0: but I appreciated that because it was like... Right. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm? But what I really appreciated is you have, because it's a it's a pattern you see, very very frequently, in the shithole world we live in today. Is you have, the the uh, grandfather, who actually did work his tail off to, you know, do something and make something better for his family, raises very entitled, children, who have uh, suspect views upon the way the world works. Yep. Uh, uh, and then you have uh, Begotten of that Is the Nazi child Masturbating in the bathroom Which is probably The greatest line <laughs> Of the <movie. laughs>
1: it, You know it's I think it's It's an interesting Perspective Because to throw it in this You know that Narrative
0: Because it's not in your face About it No But it's definitely there Because yeah. they're having A conversation about, and you have all different kinds, right? Because Tony Collette's character, Joni, I think her name is? Yeah. She married into the family. Her husband died like 15 years ago. So she's not, she's a shitbag, but she's not a total shitbag.
1: She's a space cadet kind of. At least in those views. Right. Like she's
0: arguing with Don Johnson about, because he's like going on about like, right. these people came in here illegally and they need to be punished and blah, 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 blah. Yep. And then he calls in, uh, Marta is her name. Mm-hmm. To ask her. Her perspective. Because they don't know. At that point. That her mother is there. Illegally. We do. And she. You, you could like. Just feel her being like. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. And it's interesting. Because they frame that. That scene of him. Beckoning her in. At least the. The family. When they're talking to. Uh, what is his name? It's Blanc. What's the first Blanc. Name? Benoit Blanc. Benoit Blanc. Just, stop it. Um. Because he sits down with each of this, the uh, uh, the author's children at the beginning of the movie, and they're giving their account of what happened the night of this party when he died. And they're framing Marta coming into the room as, oh, well, should we treat her like family? She's she's really like part of us, which I think is something that you hear a lot from like, oh, you know, they're the help, but oh, we treat them like family. When, no, you don't. You treat them like shit. Yep. So when you see how that scene actually played out, it's like, oh, interesting, you know, because it's like well, from your perspective you're being nice and talking to her, and she's like, "This is horrific. I want nothing to do with this." Right. Which is kind of the way the whole movie sort of frames itself, because mm-hmm. it's like, well, how should how should we go through this, Robert?
1: Well, I I think let's start with um. I think the 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 most interesting. Thing about this movie is less than just before the halfway mark. You know how he died,
0: so you're waiting for the other shoe to drop.
1: You're tr- you're, you're wait- you spend the entire second half of the movie figuring out how uh, how it's all going to wrap up.
0: Which is clever, though, because you're really in Marta's seat with her. Yes. So she's like waiting for that other shoe to drop because she's like, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck, mm-hmm. and you're right there with her, and it's it it's it's a it's a very well made movie,
1: right? It, it's super well done. And um, what what I was wondering through that whole second half was, is he going to resolve this in a legitimate way, or is Benoit going to lie or something. Well,
0: right, because he realizes she's a good person. Right. At heart. hmm You know, and we see that throughout the movie. She she is, fundamentally, she is a good person. Right. Because um, what ultimately happens uh, is there's a, you find out about at the halfway point of the movie, right, would you mm-hmm. say, that she's going to, Marta is going to get everything the The family is not getting a red fucking cent. She's getting it all: the house, the publishing rights, all R- of them. Literally, literally everything. everything. Right. Um. So the family predictively goes like out of their fucking minds. Yep. Um. So and Benoit is there. Uh, Mr. Blanc is there the entire time to see. You know. What's yeah? All of this. He's there to witness all of this, and he sees that they treat her like, you know. Ultimately, they, well, and he's very perspe- perceptive. He knows that she's treated like shit, and you know, it, it was interesting too because uh, at the beginning they frame it as uh, uh, not even frame it. Marta just has this uh, quirk where if she lies, she throws up, which is was brilliant. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, that's 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 like a cool thing. Well, it's be interesting to see how they use yeah. it. And, uh, cause I definitely didn't see the way, uh, so ultimately the author, they think, uh, she thinks, Marta thinks she accidentally messes up his, uh, uh, uh medications and mm-hmm. gives him an overdose of morphine. And so then he's like, all right, well, I want to make this so that you're not going to be fucked and implicated right. in my murder. So he kills himself. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's just, that's how he died. So finding that out, you're like, oh. And you're waiting for like, well, was there something like, but they show you very definitively, this is what happened. Yeah. So like Bob said, you're waiting the rest of that movie, like, well, we got like an hour left. Yeah. What What's, clearly something else is going to happen.
1: Yeah. You're like, because just at that midpoint, I'm like,
0: How the hell is this going to go? Well, it's a brilliant way to ratchet up tension and make you uh, empathize with the main character.
1: And to make it seem like there is a legitimate chance that Marta will not come away with the money.
0: Yes. Yes. Even though you looked at me about 20 minutes to the end and you were like, I really hope this fucking family doesn't get this money.
1: Yeah. I mean, as much as I wanted Marta to get the money, I wanted the family not to get the money. Exactly. Even more. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But I, I mean it it, it, I, it comes back it, there's an interesting thing that in our society people like talk about and it's entitlement mm-hmm. and ninety percent of the time people are talking about entitlement they're talking about the poor feeling entitled to things like you know health care
0: life liberty, the pursuit of happiness that uh, that sort of thing.
1: what um, what really doesn't get talked about, um, except in movies, is, you know, take money away from a rich person.
0: Oh, well, then you're going to have a problem.
1: Oh, boy.
0: <laughs> you want to talk about seeing entitlement? It's all right there for you.
1: And I, and I mean, for the overwhelming majority of people, it's something you cannot relate to. No. Like, how many people out there have... Grandparents or parents who have really made it huge to the point where the family money is so much.
0: You have family money. Yeah. You just you have ancestral wealth. Right. Here's the problem with that is that people don't realize just how much money that is. Yeah. We need to. Ill- people need to illustrate better. Like a million. A million is a lot of money. Yeah. A billion is a shit ton of money. Yeah. Like, you can't even conceive of how much a billion dollars is. Like, I think the best way of explaining it, and I've seen this online, and uh, uh, people have have, uh, used this example, is you look at it in minutes, or seconds, I think it was. Yeah. Like, a million seconds ago is, like, 17 days ago or something. A billion seconds ago was, like, 33 years ago. Yeah. A billion dollars is an absurd amount of money. No one needs that much money.
1: Yep. And it's it's one of those things where it's like, I think there's a lot of interesting discourse to be had around that, and how much should you be able to pass on to your children. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I also think, why are the vast majority of us who are persistently screwed over by these people, um, no less hardworking, no less hardworking,
0: probably even more hardworking?
1: feeling sympathetic for them
0: <laughs> so well, this often in li- this in lies the problem because you see this <laughs> a lot on Twitter where people are like defending like these big companies and like rich people and it's like you need to stop please stop doing that you look like a fucking fool yeah but that's it, but it, it's the it's the underlying conversation of this movie yeah which I think is why I liked it so much part of the reason why I liked it so much I like a good whodunit too yeah you know, because I don't think we get to see stuff like this too often. I think mean, hopefully this did well. We will get a little bit more. Because um, okay. I could, I could
1: see, I uh, or you know, another movie with this with Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc.
0: Right. That's like that's a character. Like we we could have like. like Is this based on anything? I don't. I think so I'm not sure I bu- want to say It's an original uh, Original work I'm Not derivative of anything
1: That would be cool is looking it up
0: I am <clears throat> Really I'm not editing any of this out Like, so, (laughs) I don't know why you would choose to do that. Let's see. It appears... Mm, I mean, inspired by Agatha Christie uh, murder mysteries, obviously. But...
1: But not based on something. Not
0: based on anything, it doesn't look like. That's pretty cool. It is cool, right? And... Lionsgate announced February 2020 that a sequel was in the works with the film possibly becoming a franchise centered on Daniel Craig's character.
1: Well, that makes sense. So he's,
0: he's got somewhere to land after Bond.
1: I was worried.
0: I know. I was, con- I was concerned.
1: I love how much he hates playing Bond.
0: He drove a dump truck full of money up to my house. I'm not made of stone.
1: Well, think about it. I mean, Bond's got to be a tough role to play.
0: Especially now. Um... Because you think back, it's really kind of icky.
1: Oh, yeah, so much of it. Um, and, you know... And I
0: say that watching, having seen all of his Bond movies, mm-hmm. and for the most part, it enjoyed them. Yeah. I thought Spectre was a little weak. And I don't really give a shit about... What was it, Quantum of Solace? That was the second one? Yeah. Casino Royale, I think, is the best Bond movie I've ever seen. And I did really like Skyfall.
1: He did have um, a really great line because Daniel Craig Bond is not the misogynist asshole as much.
0: Mm, he's still a misogynist asshole. Yeah,
1: I mean he still is because that's the character. That's the character. But it's not as overt.
0: It's not as bad as he once was, but he is still. But a there is a great
1: asshole. line in Casino Royale, and he's like,
0: "Could you help me find the
1: stationery?" <laughs>
0: Actually, I haven't rewatched that in a while. I think it's on HBO right now. I should throw it on this week. We've um, got nothing but time. Yeah,
1: right. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I would definitely be into Daniel, more Daniel Craig in this kind of universe. Um, I don't understand the accent.
0: Well, it's just he's a he's a a, a private investigator from the south
1: with super blue eyes.
0: But I think he... I like the accent, though. He, it's ridiculous, but it was kind of great.
1: He, you know, Daniel Craig clearly enjoys playing um, these other kind of obscure roles and, you know, like, having fun with it. And, you know, you don't get to have fun with James Bond. No.
0: no right?
1: Like, it's very serious. It's very...
0: Though I would argue the scene in Casino Royale where he's sitting naked in the chair and Mads Mickelson is wailing on his newts. They, they appear to be having a good time. At yeah. Scene. Oh, I gotta rewatch that. That's a great movie. You forget Mad... No, you don't forget Mads Mickelson is in that. You forget he's awesome in it. It's Le Chief. Le Chief. Like, that movie made a card game interesting. That's hard to do.
1: Uh... I appreciated that um Chris Evans character which was Ray...
0: Hugh Ransom Ransom Uh I what's the last name?
1: Thorn something
0: something with T H. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um
0: Thalandry or something like that.
1: Th- he Ransom um was eating those Bischoff cookies. Oh my god, they're so delicious.
0: He's such a perfect douchebag in this movie.
1: Oh, he does really good at it.
0: It, it was like, and it, it's brilliant casting because he comes in and you're like, oh, this guy's an asshole. Mm-hmm. But then he offers to help Marta. And you're like, oh, that's the Chris Evans I know and love. Sure, he's kind of a douche, but look, he's trying to help. That's awesome. But it's like, nope. Oop. He's actually a massive douchebag. Oh,
1: yeah. Um,
0: Which is brilliant casting. Yeah. Because it's like. It was what, what was that fucking movie? Uh, what lies beneath? Horror movie from like the nineties. Okay, not very good. Whatever. It's uh, uh, I want to say it's Michelle Pfeiffer and the husband is Harrison Ford, and Harrison Ford ends up being uh, like the killer in the movie. Gotcha. And you're like, but you're Han Solo. You wouldn't <laughs> be the killer. What are you talking about? Stop it. Stop. So I think when you have that opportunity for that kind of that kind of casting, yeah, it's go for it every time because you're not, it's not an active thought in your head, but Chris Evans has been Captain America for the last. Forever. 10 years. Right. right? Something like that. So you're automatically going to associate him with that no matter what else he's done in between those movies. I'm sure there's some stuff. I don't Who the fuck knows? But he's Captain America. Mm -hmm. He's a good guy. So subverting that, genius. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Well and there's everyone in the cast, I mean, had their character down pat. You know, there was no one who I was like, This just doesn't work or um it's not believable or anything. I did like the one detective who's the uh, oh, the super fan the of the super fan Yeah, yet. of
0: the mystery novels. <laughs> well and that was good too because those two characters that it was um was it like Heath Stanfield and the other guy. The other guy. The white dude. Um, they uh, they could have just been you know, detectives, but given them the little quirks. Yep. It's like, that's what, okay, that makes them interesting characters.
1: Mm-hmm. What, what, what is, what, what I love about it is that uh, Mr. Blanc just shows up and they're like, I guess we're doing whatever Mr. Blanc wants. Right, I guess.
0: <laughs> this guy's here, so sure. <laughs> But <laughs> well, I like the weird quirk with the piano at the beginning. Yep. Like, no, move it along. Nope. Let's go. Change mm-hmm. your line of questioning. I don't care.
1: Yep. Oh man. Um. Overall, though, uh, some you know, whodunits are not usually my favorite. Oh, see, wo- I like a good mystery of movies. Um. But I think I think the the thing about a whodunit is they they need to really be spaced out. Like you you couldn't suddenly just have like a dozen whodunits come yeah. out in a year, right? Like unlike you know what the movie industry typically does is a movie does well and they say well order five hundred of them.
0: Well, because a Whodunit is, for lack of a better term, a, a smarter type of movie, mm-hmm. where you do actually kind of have to pay attention.
1: Murder on the Orient Express came out, what, two years ago? Three
0: years ago? Sure. Two, three years ago. Um, we didn't I did want to watch that, too, though. Yeah. Because uh, you had Bran off as uh, Herc- Hercule Poirot, <clears throat> and everyone in the universe is in that, in the universe excuse me, is in that cast.
1: Yes. Um, But, you know, they're not very frequent, and that's a nice thing. It's nice to get that... It's refreshing. You know, kind of add that little flavor. The house was amazing.
0: Oh, yeah, you've got, like... It's... The set design in this is outstanding. Mm -hmm. It's, like, Guillermo del Toro levels of paying attention to the little details and just... Making it appear it, it's almost its own character there's so many facets to the house mm-hmm. and just little like quirks to it like where you kind of need if you're going to do a murder mystery where you're like, okay, we have to have people accounting for the noises or like the dogs barking or that kind of a sh- or that kind of shit right it's um uh, uh, it, it just enhances right because it's like well those stores those stairs are noisy when you go up. Mm-hmm. very very loud so if someone went up then we would have heard so how the hell else did they get up there yep um the stuff with the dogs I thought was was brilliant too because the the first thing you see at the beginning of the movie is the dogs running towards the camera uh as they they open on a shot of the house mm-hmm. and um one of the things uh uh Blanc says about Marta because the dogs went up to her he's like oh you can always ju- dogs are a real good judge of character hmm And then uh, when uh, uh, Ransom comes up, they're, like, barking and, like, snapping at him. And it's, like, little shit like that. And you find out later, like, the dogs were barking in the middle of the night and no one could account for that, really. It was because he was coming back because he was trying to get the medical bag because he switched the, the medications. And I did appreciate, though, that they absolved her of that mistake. Yes. I really liked that by saying she knew... The way the medications felt Right So she knew which was the right one She gave him the right Even though uh, uh, The containers had been switched on her Yeah So I appreciated that That it was like no They, they really go through Like in a lot of movies You'll be told Oh so and so's a real good person You know
1: And then just clean it
0: And then it's just whatever right. Exactly This it's like no She's actually She's really good at her job and she is a genuinely good person, which yep. we see where the uh, housekeeper uh, factors in later and she's been uh, poisoned with an overdose of morphine. And instead of leaving, which she totally could, taking the evidence and just running away, Marta decides no, she gives her CPR and she calls 911 and tries to, uh, to save her. So I appreciate that they included that too. So it's like... No, she, she's worthy of what she's being given. It's right. not like a situation where it's a, uh, a rich family. There's the dad. You know, the mom's out of the picture. Dies or something. He marries, you know, some 20-year-old, like, whatever the hell. And it's like, she's getting all of my money. Or leaves it to the cat or something insane like that. It's somebody who's actually, you know, it, it's somebody you want to root for in a movie.
1: I did immensely enjoy the reading of The Will, though.
0: I appreciated that was Frank Oz. Yes. That's outstanding. Frank Oz of Muppet fame. Also directed uh, a Little Shop of Horrors, a favorite movie of mine. Which we should do on this because I don't think you've seen that, right? I have not. Oh, it's a fucking shame. I think we have it on Blu-ray. We need to watch that this week. We're going to make that happen, Bob. Um,
1: I... D- I d- especially enjoyed the moment meg realizes oh shit i'm not going to be able to go back to college maybe i should actually
0: but i don't think she ever and this is just my interpretation ever went along like the family made her call marta and have that conversation she was coerced into that conversation was the way that I felt.
1: I see. I got a different impression on that. I got the impression that. Meg realized that. She wasn't going to be able to do her bullshit degree anymore. And that's why she flipped.
0: I don't know that she ever flipped, though, because then when she sees she's waiting for Marta at the at that end scene. Yeah, but that's... At the door.
1: But she's waiting for Marta then, but...
0: I took it as... Because I don't think you have the family all standing there, like, hovering over her shoulder, looking satisfied that she made the phone call. You see what I mean? And it could be interpreted either way. Yeah. I just felt she was coerced into making the call. Um...
1: I, I don't know. I just, I think.
0: I mean, yeah. it could also be a little calamane Calame and a little It could B. be.
1: I mean, she could genuinely like Marta. Um, I well, just, because
0: she's also the only person of the family we see interacting with Fran or Marta in a friendly, genuinely yeah. friendly way. Sure. You see that during the initial party and then you see it um, during the memorial, yeah, where Marta starts having like a panic attack, and it's Fran and uh, is it Meg? Is her name Meg? Yeah, are the ones who like grab her and take her like and try to like help her. So I took it as she's not not an innocent, but not a horrific human being.
1: She's not as bad as the others, right? I'll go with. I'll I go just that don't far. think there was
0: anything in the movie to be like because every other person. You're given... Oh, no. This person is a shitbag. Yeah. They have a shitbag moment. Yeah. Even the Nazi son masturbating in the bathroom. <laughs> Again. Glorious. You didn't get that moment with her. No. No, Even Michael right. Shannon's wife. They have a, make a point of her coming in and being like, you know, these brown people coming into our country and ruining our way of life. Like, it, it, they touched them all. They didn't touch Meg. So... That's fair. But separate interpretations. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. But I did appreciate, in also, just little shit. I like when you watch a movie and they reward you for, like, watching it. Yeah. Clearly, you know? Like, when they're... Uh, and this is just a little one. but When they're at the restaurant, it's Chris Evans and uh, uh, Marta. And um, he's like... have you eaten anything today? Here, have this. Make you feel better. And he's like, alright. So. You're gonna tell me the truth about what happened and I know you can't lie because you puke and you just ate a big plate of beans and bacon. And then he moves that and he puts this bowl, this empty bowl that you see the waitress drop off about five minutes before that. I appreciated that. Um, The stuff with the dogs. Yep. I appreciated that. Um. Uh, uh, the little spot of blood on Martha's shoes Mm -hmm. that uh, at the end Benoit reveals he's like I I knew you were involved because I I saw that on your shoes you know (laughs) so it's like because they they make him come across a little bit like a bumbling detective Mm -hmm. and I think that's probably why he has the southern accent well that was like Matlock
1: but that's what I'm saying Matlock was always he always looked like an idiot until
0: until he didn't yeah But that's another thing, though, I think, at least in the language of cinema, someone comes at you with a very exaggerated southern accent, what's the first thing you think? And this person's a bit of a dummy. Right. I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying that that's kind of... I think that they were trying to make him a bit more exaggerated, so maybe you thought he was a little bit of a bumbling detective, but he actually... I do think he's pretty good at what
1: he does. This this is a good jumping off point, sure, to start talking about um, Ryan Johnson as a filmmaker and um, some very obvious topics that we're going to get to here, because uh, <laughs> this uh, you know this everything in this like you said is just very well thought out. You know they went through it. They checked, their, they checked it twice. Um, I would
0: throw up there with a Guillermo del Toro movie. Yeah. Also, H- Crimson Peak is also on HBO. We need to watch that as well.
1: Um, yeah. Heck,
0: we're going to save Baby Driver for you. But we're under the, the quarantine, so I can't guarantee you Crimson Peak. We will wait <laughs> on Baby Driver.
1: Um, so... You know, every, everything's thought out. It's very intentional. Uh, and I, I just appreciate that. You know, because I will say this about... What I liked about this movie, too, is that I just genuinely found it enjoyable. We will do a Baby Driver watch through an episode at some point. but
0: We're saving it for you, Jack. What, promise. If
1: I If I make the comparison to Baby Driver...
0: Because you've actually, I've I only seen Baby Driver at a party Yeah, the Sound Way Down, which defeats the purpose of the movie. Yes. All I know is evil John Hamm is in it, and I'm fucking here for that.
1: With a neck tattoo. I know. Uh,
0: I didn't, I don't particularly
1: enjoy Baby Driver. Um,
0: I hear Jack's heartbreaking. I know. For in the future when he's listening to well, this episode.
1: Well, uh, I've just got um, three words for you. Lego movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Everything's not awesome. <laughs> um
1: so I, I didn't particularly enjoy Baby Driver altogether. I I appreciate what Edgar Wright was doing and I I respect that for certain audiences it's very impactful and meaningful. Um that said I just didn't really find it terribly enjoyable not your bag no um this though i feel like had a similar level of attention to detail
0: well and you get that with certain directors yeah. and it's it's the people who actually it's not just it, it's not a michael bay situation no where we're not thinking through anything we want to make big thing go boom yes and show the ladies' titties maybe her ass Maybe both at once in a very unfortunate, (laughs) twisting sort of situation that comics like to do. Um, But no, when you get a movie where there's clear love Mm -hmm. throughout everything from the scripts to the casting to the actors to the set design, can we talk about that big stupid knife thing? The big stupid knife thing was outstanding. Yes, it was. Because it's just like, why would anyone have this? This is the dumbest thing. And then I have so many questions about the knife thing. At the end, we find out that one of those, because Chris Evans grabs one and goes to attack Martha because he's like, oh, I am found out. Fuck this bitch. And it's a fake knife. Are all those knives fake? Or was that the only one that was fake?
1: Did she just get lucky? She, I think she just got lucky. That's
0: crazy.
1: But what's great about that is... It's not just a prop that they threw in there because they thought it was cool. It fits with Christopher Plummer's character well, and, and his obsession with murder. and
0: Which was exquisitely characterized in that moment where she's like, You're going to die in 10 minutes because I gave you the wrong dose. And he's like, Oh, well, that's a really clever one. I want way. all the details. Yeah. And, of he's killing and he's writing it down. So, yeah,
1: there. so there's that. You know, it meshes with that whole environment. And that's... um,
0: Well, and it's also, it's not just there because it's some big ridiculous prop. There's a reason for it to be there. It's the gun. Yeah. It's it's that old adage, like, if you're going to show me in a stage play, there's a gun in the first act that's on the wall somewhere, the gun should be going off sometime in the third act. 'Cause it's it's a thing where anything that you're deliberately placing in your set design there should be a reason it's there. Check off Scott. Yes. I couldn't remember the name, leave me alone.
1: Jerk. That's a great episode of Archer.
0: <laughs> oh, oh yeah, the way, happy anniversary. It is the second anniversary. Do you want to take a guess as to what? It's really stupid.
1: Is it a fandom thing? Yes. <laughs> Hit me with it.
0: This is the second anniversary of the interview that uh, uh, Mr. Byrne and uh, uh, Mr. Stop Charlie it. gave. Stop it. Where they were like, yeah, your shipping dreams are real. <sighs> Happy <sighs> anniversary, Bob. March 15th. tink. Tink, tink. <laughs> Let the record show that he just cheers with me to the dumbest thing ever. Sass will appreciate it. And that's all that matters.
1: <laughs> so um so yeah, overall Ryan Johnson can make a movie.
0: Yes. Um I think he showed that with what was it? He did looper, didn't he?
1: He did the looper, and I loved Looper. Um, I don't know
0: that I loved Looper. I enjoyed Looper. Looper was an enjoyable film.
1: Looper had, what was interesting about Looper was um, he he fully acknowledged, I'm doing a time travel movie. Nothing is ever going to make sense. And they had that scene in the diner where he was like, if you start asking questions, it just doesn't make any sense. Well, so here, let's just here's, accept here's it. Here's the thing,
0: though. Here's the thing. As long as you set the rules of your time travel in your movie, right. and then you follow those rules, I have no problem. I thought Endgame handled that very well too They were like well what rules are we talking Back to the future this and that And it's like just don't fucking worry about it
1: Yeah So um, He also directed Ozymandias
0: I think we knew that because we were Excited because he was directing Last Jedi Because of that I think he directed a Fair amount of uh, maybe not a fair amount But a couple other episodes of Breaking Bad Yeah
1: there were two others yeah.
0: Yeah. But I see uh, Mandy is. Uh,
1: yes. Um, so one of the things that, before we talk about the disaster that was The Last Jedi, um, one of the things that I am trying, I would like to get a ping for is what exactly is Ryan Johnson's style? Uh, now, excluding The Last Jedi, because it's totally different, like, just between Looper and this, you know, I, I haven't got, like...
0: There's not a through line. There's not a through line But yet. I don't think you can find a through line... It takes a while. ...between two movies. No. You watch, again, because always, Guillermo movies. Yes. You can... You see the through line.
1: Well, you think about... There are kind of...
0: It's usually Ronald Perlman.
1: There are four directors who... Wes Anderson. Yep.
0: Guillermo. Yep. Mm. Give me a sec.
1: It may only be three.
0: Mm. Oh, come on! Are you throwing Spielberg on that list? No. No. I'm gonna be pissed when you tell me, aren't I? It came up already.
1: Edgar Wright.
0: Oh, duh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So yeah, it was only three. To be fair, um, but well, I
0: think you can tell when you're watching a Spielberg movie. You got the schmaltz. There's the wonder, eh. not to the extent of like the Helvetica use in a Wes Anderson movie,
1: right? The, the, no, like you watch a you watch a Wes movie and you know you're watching a Wes movie. Um, it would
0: be even it, when he does animated movies.
1: It would be interesting to see if, as Ryan goes um, further into his career, he makes more movies, if he starts to fit into that If he's in there. If he's that one of those people where
0: you're going to see, and it'll be like, oh yeah, it's a Ryan Johnson movie.
1: Right. Um, which leads down to the path of The Last Jedi.
0: It doesn't count, though, because that's like, if anything, it's fitting a square peg in a round hole. Well that's just the most
1: th- that's the thing about it is it goes back to why did Disney hire him?
0: I have so many questions as to why Disney did everything with this trilogy and I don't want to spend too much time on it because no, it's, it's, this, this isn't, isn't a podcast that about that Yeah, but it's just there was no planning and there was no planning
1: but what, and
0: whatever these big studios hire a quote, uh, quote-unquote indie director, yeah. it's to gain some cred. It's still, well, this is what we want you to do. But it It's just, why Edgar Wright got fired off of Ant-Man. It's why the Lego Movie Guys, uh, Lord and Miller, got uh, booted off of Solo. Yeah. Oh, you're trying to do something that's... Well, this it's is our just, vision for this movie, so we need to part with. It's just
1: so bizarre because even though the... The popular um, thought is that, you know, Disney just got him for the name and they just told him what to do. Clearly he had you know, as a director, he still had a lot of influence and in where he went with it that's what doesn't make any sense was so far from where they should have been.
0: And but then that that begs the question was Disney okay with that? And then they just saw what the reaction was? Right. And they were like, oh fuck. We have to retcon the second Course movie. Course correction the movie. Where it's just like just go with it. Just Because that in and, and and this is Because you had shit in that third movie and we, we talked about this already, I wanna yeah. relitigate it, but that, that had nothing to do with those other two movies.
1: they
0: that should have been set up in the other two movies.
1: There it is clear that Brian Johnson has skill. And the man can direct a movie the man can direct a movie, and it's it's such a shame to there are things that happened in the last Jedi that were genuinely interesting mm-hmm. had that Disney allowed them to be fulfilled on, and
0: right there was promise in some of that shit, but then it was all, oh my God, no, the fans didn't like that
1: right. And I and, and I fully blame Disney for this. I,
0: the fact that there was no straight straightaway plan. You're, you're making yeah. a trilogy. You'd be bu- like going into the yeah. Lord of the Rings movie and not having any idea what you're doing for fell for uh, uh, two towers mm-hmm. and then return. Like, yeah, wait, 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 and you, you get the Hobbits. That's what happens. You get yeah. the Hobbit trilogy. And and not to, and and
1: I don't really care about what Disney or whatever. I, what's unfortunate is that you took a director who really had no right being in that spot, not because he's not a good director, but just he's
0: not what you wanted, and damaged his standing a little bit right. in the eyes of some people.
1: Right. I mean, he'd do fine I'm in not, the end. He's a white guy right. in Hollywood. I'm
0: not too concerned exactly. about Ryan Johnson.
1: But it, it's, I, I think it does damage not, not just to him as a director. But to people who would follow in those footsteps and do more interesting stuff where it's like, yeah, Knives Out is where he belongs.
0: I think whenever you're going to get in bed with Disney and you really don't have much of a choice anymore because they hold such a massive market share, you do have to have a good long thought with yourself about, you know, what do you do after that? What do you do going forward? Right. So...
1: But uh, Knives Out.
0: Knives Out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um,
1: yeah, no. Very enjoyable movie.
0: And the grandma. Oh, the, oh, grandma, the grandma. We
1: even The scene when Daniel Craig goes to talk to the grandma was wonderful.
0: Every scene that she's in is outstanding. Because they're like, and uh, I appreciated that because it's very revealing as well. Right when you think back on it. You have, she's very, very old. Christopher Plummer's character, I think they said, was like 85, 86. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's his mother. And I'm like, how old is she? No one knows. <laughs> <laughs> but you have the family, like, interacting with her. And they're, like, yelling very loudly, thinking she can't hear them. And just being very condescending. And, like, yeah. and then when, when Daniel Craig talks to her, he's very, he talks to her like a normal fucking human being. And it's just, it's just the little things that show you this family is a bunch of douchebags who do not deserve this money.
1: Yeah. Well, I I think it says a lot to the self-importance people have of themselves. You know, Daniel Craig in this movie, he's very clearly a, a talented investigator.
0: I read a tweet about a New York Times article about him.
1: That was amazing.
0: Oh, because it just tells you all you need to know about Tony Collette's character. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're that person. Yep. Awesome.
1: But he comes into it, you know, he's he's a he's a he's a big enough name that he's hired to do this, you know, that Chris Evans' character knows he exists. Um, and while he does have that air of confidence about him, he's never really arrogant towards people. No. You know, and he, he does like in the way he treats the grandmother is a perfect example of well, that. Well, in all
0: of his interactions with Martha, he obviously knows that she's involved in some way. Right. But he doesn't necessarily think that she's the one that killed him.
1: Right. So, um, but then, you know, anyone, you know, there's so many, uh, you know, the family, they're all these, these self-important assholes who won't take, wouldn't take two minutes. Right. To understand anything. So it's an interesting, interesting movie. Well, and also it,
0: it just goes to, in life, I find a good uh, rule of thumb is to never expect money. From other people Yeah Cause odds are Probably not gonna get it.
1: Yeah No there's um, th- That's a good way to look at it <laughs> It's a really good way
0: to look at it Well and I think it's also interesting Because like They show in the follow up Like and, and maybe like Christopher Plummer's character Always kind of knew That his kids were shitbags Yeah You know but as he gets toward the the toward this party where you know he ends up killing himself because he thinks he's gonna die anyway, um, he he finds out that uh, Tony Collette's character has been double dipping on him and stealing. What do he say, a hundred thousand dollars a year for the last four years? Yep. He finds out that uh, Don Johnson has been cheating on uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yep. And it's like I'm gonna tell her. Or you're gonna fucking tell her, um, he's going to fire uh, Michael Shannon's character, Walt. I think his name was, uh-huh. because it's like I never let you go out and do your own thing. You were always in my shadow. Uh-huh. Um, so I think he's trying to rectify these wrongs, you know, where he's like, I've I've let them them all live these lives where they got really comfortable and felt that they could do whatever the fuck they wanted. Right. And well. No time like the present, Dunsky Yep. And I'll give him my money to somebody who who actually needs it. I also enjoyed in the uh, the hallway scene that we talked about because well that was the whole reason for hiring Michael Shannon, the menace. Yes. In that scene, and I don't know if he had broken his foot and they just worked with that, or if that was like just a weird character thing they decided to do. Right. They made it work for him though. Either way is when they filmed the cane like stepping forward that was great um, uh, uh, but where he's like if you give us the money we have the. because he's basically threatening her he's like oh we know your mother's illegal they found out somehow if you give us Meg the money told them. Meg told him that's right um, if you give us the money we can help you and she's like but I have the money so I can just help myself I loved that. That yeah. was great. Because it is one of those things where it's it's like they feel that they can manipulate and really get whatever they want just by, you know, just going through life the way they've always gone through life. So to see them put in a desperate situation where they won't be getting what they thought they were entitled to uh-huh. is choice. And I loved the final shot because it, it echoes, uh, well, she has that, that coffee mug. That Fran put on the tray at the beginning of the movie. Well, my house, my coffee, my rules. Yep. And she's uh, Marta is uh, on a balcony overlooking uh, the front like driveway, uh, and the family is all looking up at her, and she hey, she's drinking out of that cup, and it's just I, I loved that. I thought that was great. That little attention to detail. Because mm-hmm. uh, what what did <laughs> uh, Chris Evans' character say? oh, they're taking our our ancestral family home from us. And uh, uh, Daniel Craig jumps up and he's like, he bought this in the 80s. What are you fucking talking about? (laughs) Just outstanding. (laughs) But it's that other, like, they'll manipulate and say whatever they want to get you to fear them and just go along with whatever they want you to do. Right. And went back into a corner and realizing that, oh, shit, we're not going to get our way. That's when it, it becomes an issue.
1: Because,
0: mm-hmm. by all accounts, they already all have a fuck ton of money.
1: At least they should.
0: They should, right? Because Jamie Lee Curtis has her own business. Yep. Um, Walt's been running the uh, Michael Shannon's character, has been running the publishing arm yep. forever. Um, uh uh tolly Colette has her own lifestyle brand goop goop it's basically she's got goop. goop um but that's that's like so in theory they should all be very very well to do what what does the one detective say oh, she's an influencer of course she has money no oh, that was outstanding
1: but you know it's it's that they think they have the safety net and the
0: rich get richer.
1: And that was, I think Jamie Lee Curtis's character was one of the more interesting in the house. Um,
0: Smart. She was one of the smarter ones. Right. Because at the beginning, when they're doing those interrogations with everybody, and Benoit's trying to bait her, yeah. she's like, I, you're not going to bait me to tell tales out of school. Then they immediately cut to her husband telling tales out of school because he's a dumbass. Yep. And then the same thing with Walt. Yep. Because he starts playing them against each other. Yep. She's yeah, she's got some ruthlessness there. So, and I think it's interesting because
1: you know, all all she needed to not be a complete douchebag was to just admit that she got her start with a loan from her dad. But they'll never do that,
0: right? That's all you got to do. I point you to the asshole in chief. I
1: mean, I mean, listen, you get a million dollar loan. You start a business. If you keep it up and running and successful,
0: that's still an accomplishment. That's still something. However, you got help. Right. And honestly, there's nothing wrong with that.
1: Everybody gets help at some point. There's
0: nothing wrong with getting a little help. It's when you sit up there and you act like uh, you didn't and you never needed any and you're the greatest fucking motherfucker here. Because it's just not realistic. It's just not realistic. You have people actively rooting that you get coronavirus and die. Not that I'm doing that or anything. I'm a bad person. Sorry, folks. Ah, <laughs> oh, but uh, uh, not a good movie. I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. We we were a little slow going because Izzy was a little fussy to start with, but uh, uh, enjoyable. I yeah. really liked it. Great, Bob. Where would this rank on your hot dog scale?
1: So, I think this movie is a perfect candidate for that wonderful hot dog we call a Chicago-style dog. Oh,
0: high praise.
1: It is um, still not my favorite. High praise, though. But um, it's enjoyable. There's a lot of complexity in it. Um and you don't have something drizzled on the top just to make it taste
0: better. After the movie, the only podcast where you're gonna hear somebody say that a hot dog has complexity <laughs> 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 So like we said folks, we're gonna take the uh, next couple weeks because uh, we are actively practicing uh, the social distancing thing because yep. we have a, a little one that we don't want to get sick and some older relatives that we also don't want to get sick. Um, to, uh, and with this time, we are going to be watching a fair amount of movies and hopefully, uh, getting a chance to get a little bit of a back catalog going here so that we can keep coming to you guys every other week with the, uh, after the movie content that you so know and love. Uh, we appreciate you guys downloading us. If you, if you have a minute, maybe like and subscribe, you know, if you don't feel like it, and don't worry about it, but, yeah, cause I don't really do that either, so... Uh, yeah but we'd appreciate it if you would leave a little review say if you like us or not why not you know we'd appreciate it we'd like to see that shit know that people like what we're doing um uh, check out teampoopanife.com we've got a whole bunch of other podcasts and since everybody's kind of stuck inside uh we've got um oof i wrote that i think just reached 25 episodes we've got uh, uh our buddies up in vermont have their D D podcast going that's uh, uh fuck that's like how many episodes do they have now of that? Well, over a 100 now, yeah. right? Yeah. They've been they going strong. They're the Iron Men of uh, of Team Puma Knife. Subtle interference, as always. Go check that shit out. Uh, we've been talking about getting a uh, TV thing going because we do have Westworld coming back this weekend. Actually, I think it came back tonight, didn't it?
1: Yeah, it did. Oh. Oh,
0: it's late. Fuck. Oh, Bob. I know. Ooh, choices and, and the
1: season finale of Avenue Fine.
0: oh yeah I forgot about that hey we'll save that for tomorrow then because we should go to bed it is a little late Bob's like
1: mm-hmm. Avenue 5 is short <laughs>
0: that's true and we do need to feed Izzy again so uh, again folks thank you we really appreciate it uh, stay tuned we'll have uh, uh, some more stuff coming up and we will talk to you next time
1: Bye!